Next on Making Sense in the Madness, one Disney employee stood up against the company mandates and is showing the way for other citizen patriots to do the same. And Chris Paul joins us to discuss the latest breaking news from the sentencing of Steve Bannon to the replacement of the UK Prime Minister. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. State legislative bodies continue to change the law, not as to who can vote, but who gets to count the vote. Count the vote. Count the vote. It's about election subversion, not just whether or not people get to vote. Who counts the vote? That's what this is about. That's what makes this so different than anything else we've ever done. I don't know that we get it done, but I know one thing. As long as I have a breath in me, as long as I'm in the White House, as long as I'm engaged at all, I'm going to be fighting to change the way these legislatures have moved. Thank you. Wow, take a chill pill. The resident is getting very disgruntled. Well, the Democrats are doing everything they possibly can to ruin Trump and his movement, including prosecution. Let's watch. We have some new reporting on exactly where they might be headed. And for that, we turn to Chris Strom. He is Bloomberg Justice Department reporter. Chris, thanks for being with us. So you have a report on the Bloomberg right now. What do we know? So what we're reporting is that there are now prosecutors and FBI agents within the Justice Department who see sufficient evidence to bring charges against Trump for obstruction of justice while they're investigating the other charges and um, they're uh, looking at when to make a decision. Well, now, what decision would they make? We're not talking necessarily about the attorney general, right? Is this a decision what to recommend? Yeah, so what we're doing is we're getting a, a a glimpse at how the sausage is made. So you have the investigators, you have the team of investigators who uh, there are uh, prosecutors on, on that team who are who who believe that there's sufficient evidence to charge Trump with with obstruction of justice. They're going to be working with their supervisors, working all the way up the chain to the deputy attorney general to basically put together a prosecution memorandum that will lay out the pros and cons of bringing charges, um, what might be some of the litigation risks, the things that they need to take into account. And all of that will be presented to Attorney General Garland to make the final decision. So we know that the opposition wants to prosecute President Trump, and they recently sent him a subpoena to testify before the unselect committee, which he said he would do if it was televised live. However, Liz Cheney says she won't allow that. And I wonder why she doesn't want the bright lights on Trump as he shares the truth about January 6th. Well, one vaccine injured person went on social media and shared a heartfelt response to a person who told her to just get the second shot. Let's watch. Okay, nurse for life. I I did comply. That's the problem. I did go get a shot. I got one shot of Pfizer and I had a blood clot within two weeks in my left arm and I've been dealing with pain and tremors and I now have seizures called myoclonic jerks. This ruined my life 
And so are you suggesting that in order for me to be able to cross back into Canada to go and take another shot, even though the first one did this to me? Is that is that what you're saying? For nothing? Because it doesn't stop the transmission? I am like mind blown right now. There are many people who cannot cross international borders because of these mandates, including my own family. My wife uh, cannot go to the United States uh, due to her vaccination status as well. well. Parents in Dearborn, Michigan are showing up in force to take on a school board, insisting on keeping pornographic books in the school libraries. Let's watch. I have a feeling all of those people are going to get their way because that's what happens when we show up in force. And one father voiced his concern with the sense of anger that many of us can relate to. Let's watch. I don't know what you guys are trying to do. I don't know. Why didn't you take these books out and say, that's it. We're done with these books. But you guys want to sit here and just keep the books. You know, instead of you guys taking the six books out, we wouldn't even be here. What's the problem? What's the agenda? What are you getting out of it? We don't want kids to have access to these books. It's nice and simple. I'm not going to address the situation no more. It is. It is what it is. And the only person that's behind this is Rashida Tlaib. Do not vote for Rashida Tlaib. It's nice and simple. Wow. It doesn't seem like that guy's going to take it any longer. Well, another concerned mother took a more sober tone as she dropped truth bombs on the school board. Let's take a look. And every parent has a right to object to the things their kids are being exposed to. But there is a breaking point. And the breaking point is this. The fundamental existence of school is not to learn about sexual pleasure, to not to learn about new sex acts. The fundamental purpose of school is to prepare our kids to be successful adults who can go off and have careers. And it is up to every parent to then teach their kids morality. It is out of the place for the school to do it, and I reject any notion that parents here are filled with hate or bigotry. The parents don't want their kids sexualized. If other people want to sexualize their kids, that's their business, not our... Wow. I mean, this is just an indication that we are winning when parents are that on point and showing up and speaking out. Well, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't show some clips of how law and order has crumbled in recent times. Let's take a look at what happened to one very tough senior citizen in New York City. A retired police officer who took a vicious cheap shot to the head yesterday in Brighton Beach is speaking out tonight, explaining how he stood his ground and even chased after the bad guys. It was one o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight, crowded street. It's just something you don't expect. Harvey Kraft was shopping at this store yesterday on Brighton Beach Avenue, looking at sweatshirts, his back to the street, when police say these guys, seen in surveillance video, pounced on him with a serious sucker punch from behind. They hit me uh, in the temple. What I could tell was a, a full impact roundhouse blow because it felt like a brick. 
The blow may have knocked anyone to the ground, but not this tough 66-year-old. You see, he's retired NYPD 20 years on the job, and you know that by what he did next. As soon as they saw I wasn't knocked out and I pursued them, they were all running for their lives. Not that I'm a superman, but I'm just glad it wasn't an individual or someone that would have been seriously hurt. Kreft says he lost the guy he was chasing. He says it didn't appear they were after anything except perhaps a place of twisted glory in the world of social media. I saw that they had their video cameras uh, ready to record. They thought, I guess it would be a joking matter to put on YouTube or to get some media publicity. Kraft says the sad thing is that even when you're shopping in your own neighborhood in broad daylight, you have to be on guard. I want to advise people that they have to be aware of their surroundings. And uh, unfortunately, it's like you have to have two sets of eyes in the front of your head and in the back of your head. Now, Kraft says he's not. And that is why so many people are moving from New York to Florida, where there is law and order. Leadership matters. Well, climate protesters climbed a bridge and shut it down in London, only to find out that their publicity stunt has caused the deaths of traffic victims who were rerouted and couldn't get medical help in time. Well, also, President Trump announced at his rally on Saturday that he will be suing the Pulitzer Prize Committee to make the New York Times and Washington Post reporters who were wrong on the Russian hoax lose their prizes. And Steve Bannon has been sentenced to months in prison for refusing to comply with congressional subpoena. And he says he's appealing. Let's take a look. The judge, today was my judgment day by the judge. And he stated for the appeal, we'll have a very vigorous appeals process. I've got a great legal team. And there'll be multiple areas of appeal. But as that sign says right there, can we have the vote sign? On November 8th. On November 8th, on November 8th, there's going to have judgment on the illegitimate Biden regime and quite frankly, and quite frankly, Nancy Pelosi and the entire committee. And we know which way that's going. Either they've already been turfed out like Liz Cheney, right, or have quit like Kinzinger and other Democrats, or they're about to be beaten like Luria and others, or they will lose their power and become a minority and Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Tom's chairman chimes with all of it. This is a, this is a, this is democracy. This is democracy. The American people are way in measuring what went on with the Justice Department and how they comported themselves. They're weighing and measuring that right now, and they will vote on November 8th. They will hang on. They will vote. Hang on. They will. They will silence. They will Can I go ahead and finish? On November 8th. On November 8th, the American people will raise judgment, and we will groom the Biden administration ends on the eighth evening of the eighth of November. And let me be. Let me. Some other thing is that the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, will end up being the first attorney general that's brought up on charges of impeachment, and he will be removed from office. Thank you very much. You know, Steve Bannon brings up a really good point. They can try to throw him in jail for a couple months, but there's a real vote coming up on November 8th that could result in, as he said, the impeachment of Merrick Garland, Joe Biden, and others. So who should really be afraid? Well, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, is proud to be passing the strictest gun laws in Canada in a generation as he continues to try to wield his power for as long as he can muster it. 
but there's new leadership coming to one Canadian province, and she doesn't share the same views. Let's watch. During your campaign, you said that not only would you issue an apology to those prosecuted during COVID restrictions, but you would also grant them amnesty. When can we expect those apologies? Um, I can apologize right now. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply sorry for anyone who was inappropriately subjected to um, discrimination as a result of their vaccine status. I'm deeply sorry for any government employee that was fired from their job because of their vaccine status. And I welcome them back if they want to come back. As for the amnesty, I have to get some legal advice on that. Um, and so I've already asked my staff to, um, to to request that advice so I can see how we would be able to proceed on that. My view has been that these were um, political decisions that were made, and so I think that they can be political decisions to offer a reversal. But I, I do want to get some, some legal advice on that first. Would that also have to do with the timeline for the proposed amnesties? Um, I, I, I would have to see if you know if I can if I can do it. I will mean, do it at the earliest opportunity. So I'm, I'm hoping within the next within the next week I'll get that legal advice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, how refreshing is that to see a politician apologize to people who have been discriminated against for their vaccine status? Well, allowing New Yorkers to vote by mail due to fear of COVID-19 is unconstitutional, a state judge said Friday in a ruling the Republican and Conservative Party leaders hailed as a victory for fair elections. And the United States is down to 25 days of diesel supply as a top White House official declared the stockpile levels to be unacceptably low. Data provided by the Energy Information Administration show the diesel stockpiles are at their lowest level for October in records that date back to 1993. Very interesting timing that we will run out of diesel fuel to fuel our economy as soon as the Republicans win the midterms. Well, Russian authorities warned on Sunday that Ukraine plans to detonate a dirty nuclear bomb on its own territory in order to provoke World War III. And Ukraine officials said that, in fact, it's the Russians we're accusing them of what they themselves want to do in a state-level version of, I know you are, but what am I? Well, we're going to keep on reporting on that as it comes out, but that is it for the breaking news. And next up, one Disney employee stood up against their unconstitutional mandates, and he'll share his continuing fight for freedom as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit kirkelliotphd.com. Well, Nick Caterano is an 18-year cast member who took a stand against Disney over their mandates. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. And just start at the beginning. Tell us what it was like working for Disney before all this happened. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. I just got to say a quick uh, 
statement on your opening monologue. You know, you wake up every morning in the graces of God and, and, and you get a new day and you relax. And then I watch all those news clips and I hear your monologue and it's really sobering. It's just really sobering to see all the all the angles they're coming at us from. And uh, it's amazing to see so many people that are in the middle that still don't get it and realize what's at stake and they're and they're just not getting involved. So, you know, that's the reason I'm here. I'm here to try to encourage people that start taking a stand to take it seriously and realize this is this is a runaway train coming right at all of us. If it hasn't affected you yet, it's coming for you and you and you better to pay attention. Um, so the question was, I'm sorry, the question was about Disney. Yeah, well, what, and, what was your what was your wake up call? Because there's there's always that moment uh, when, you know, some people are asleep at the wheel or sometimes things are just going well and you're not paying attention to politics but at some point, enough is enough. So what was your wake-up call, and what, was, what were things like at Disney before all this happened? You know, Disney, I, I've shared with people, Disney, I've been there 18 years. Uh, Disney has changed a lot, um, especially from way back when. Um, it's, it's, I think the whole corporate landscape has shifted from caring about your people, and your people will take care of your, your business and bring the profits. And now it's all bottom line. Uh, you know, every quarter, even if you blow out the numbers, you got to blow out the numbers the next quarter. Uh, so it, it's it's really insatiable, and uh, you know the greed that 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 drives a lot of these uh, processes are, are just off the rails. Um, but overall, I mean, working at Disney prior, the, the, the really good thing about it is working with all the families, people that come from all over the world, people that are looking to make memories, uh, working with people who care about people, which is a, which is a really big plus. So I've really loved my job over the years. Um, I think just like everybody, you know, we're, we were most of us are aware and we go to vote, you know, in the big elections. We don't pay attention to anything locally. Um, and we, we realized, I think, after the election that something was wrong. We went to bed and it, it looked like Trump was was winning in a landslide. You wake up and everything changed. And there was so much evidence that was so clear. And yet it was being suppressed or denied. Um, and, and people were being demonized just for asking questions. We had the riots of the summer. We had the lockdowns. Uh, we had the suppression of early therapeutics that didn't make any sense. And as I was going through there, I just didn't know what could I possibly do to, to you know, I, I, I wanted to do something. And I think a lot of citizens want to do something. Um, but the, the real wake up call for me is when they came with these mandates, these vaccine mandates. By the time the mandates came, there was enough data to show one, they didn't have any data, not long term. And two, the stuff that was coming out, the breakthrough cases, the hospitalization of those that were vaccinated, um, none of it made sense. And I know, you know, under the I think it was under the Carter administration or it may have been the Ford administration where they had the swine flu vaccine that once it killed 57 people, they put a halt to it. And it, and it had all kind of adverse reactions. But before this uh, Pfizer, you know, Pfizer released the documents before it came out of clinical trials, they already had 1200 deaths. And and even after, and they were suppressing that. And we know that now. But even without that suppression or under knowing about that information, it was all out in the open there. And, and it just didn't make any sense. So my my reasonable stance was, you know, I'm going to wait and see. I, I, I'm hoping this vaccine works, but I'm going to wait and see. And it was amazing to me how the messaging so quickly became safe and effective and how people were demonizing. It was almost a religious uh, how people were just jumping on board and, and you had to be part of this religion or you were killing grandma. And, and to me, it was really unreasonable. And I attributed that, you know, at, at my website, GoofyVaccine.com, in my open letter to Disney, I attributed that to the fear. 
But what I discovered was when my wife and I got sick and got better from ivermectin, I had no idea what ivermectin was at the time. Two hours after taking it, we were so much better. My experience in the emergency room, my understanding of, of remdesivir and, and the hospital protocols that were being put forth. Uh, I watched people like Pierre, Dr. Pierre Corey and, and McCullough and all these great doctors before the Senate. I fell upon the great uh, uh, Barrington Declaration. And when I realized that they were suppressing the truth, I, I interviewed uh, a doctor, Hat, Hatfeld, I think it was yesterday, who was at the COVID Summit 2 here in Florida, Central Florida. And he was on the Trump administration uh, working with uh, Peter Navarro. And he said when they saw the, su the studies coming out of France and elsewhere that hydroxychloroquine was so successful, they stockpiled millions upon millions of doses. They had them ready to go. And the Fauci and the narrative machine shut that down. So when I saw when I saw the, the, the mandates coming, I just was really convicted. I didn't think there was anything I could do. But when I took the ivermectin, I understood what the suppression of protocols, early treatments meant and how they were getting an EUA based on increasing you know, by holding back the therapeutics. They were increasing hospitalization and death rates. My, my two realizations were they were doing that to create an EUA to get these vaccines. They weren't allowing these other therapeutics because they were not going to be able to make money on them. And they were killing people. That's just I, there was no other way to, to, to think about it. I mean, anybody that can justify it any way they want in their mind. Um, but at the end of the day, that suppression of truth was literally killing people. And they, they probably killed millions. And we'll never be able to quantify what the real numbers are with the pushing of these vaccines that have hurt so many people and the uh, withholding of, of, of the therapeutics that are working. Until this day, I figured it'd be settled science, but we're still arguing about it. Yeah, I'm sure that was quite a wake-up call when you took a suppressed medication and it actually helped you. Well, tell us about what you specifically did to stand up against the mandates as an employee. Well, I, I was... I was working with the union and during the lockdowns, I was helping a lot of people with their unemployment and there was challenges here in the state. Uh, we had food banks that we started because there was no money coming in. And, and, you know, and my wife and I as Christians, we've always been involved in just helping people at a, at a basic level. Um, so being in these food banks, we were feeding thousands of family every, every, uh, Saturday and, and we'd prep for it all week. And we got a lot of press attention from around the world um, so I made a lot of press contacts and I thought, you know, I'd, I'll write an open letter. My first open letter was like 24 pages long. And uh, people told me nobody was going to get through that thing except the real hardcore. Um, and I didn't know where I was going to go with it. I uh, teamed up with a group, CCDF, County Citizens Defending Freedom. <laughs> and they teamed me up with a, a, a great lawyer here in Florida, uh, Attorney Jeff Childers, uh, who won the first mask uh, mandate uh victory and injunction and also the first uh, civil or, or city uh, COVID vaccine uh, in the city of Gainesville for the firefighters and the state workers there. And, and together uh, we teamed up and we created the website goofyvaccine.com. And I just started there and I, I reached out to all my press contacts and I thought perhaps somebody would, would report on it. Um, but that was really hard to grab the attention. So we started holding rallies uh, that started out small and, and they grew and, and eventually people started coming out of the woodworks. Um, but the numbers that of people reaching out to me and the number of people that have stood up even to this day have been really small compared to what's out there. And uh, it's been disappointing, but I've been really proud of the people that have joined the fight and uh, continue to fight and stand up. And now we have a lawsuit. Uh, we were fighting the mandates. 
Uh, we had a lawsuit getting set up for that. But through the legislation, through our attorney working with legislators, we uh, stopped the mandates. And now we uh, have a suit in court uh, that is fighting against the uh, discrimination. Um, and and that's being that that complaint is actually being updated now. Wow, that's a lot of action. And we have a clip here of one of the protests. And uh, you said it was a small amount of people, but I think it's always a small amount of people who make an impact on society. And actually, this rally was uh, pretty, pretty good size. Let's take a look at the clip. So we are out at the Disney cast members, firefighters, and nurses for medical freedom event outside of Disney Springs entrance at Hotel Plaza Boulevard. And there is at least 200 probably people to show today. Um, very good turnout, lots of media attention. Uh, everybody has been really fired up. As you can see, the, the mandates have really um, ignited some people who weren't normally in this fight. So it's super hot out here today, but we're rallying for medical choice for Disney cast members. And why not get the firefighters and nurses involved too? Because we're all up against the same thing here and we need to join a uh, band together. And that's what I encourage everyone out there to do. If you are up against this uh, right now at your company, um, band together with other employees and fight back because that's the only thing you have is, is leverage, strength, and numbers. We are talking to Nick Caterano, 18 years working for Disney, and they tried to f basically force him into a choice about uh, taking the vaccine, standing up, helping other people do the same. We're going to take a quick break and find out more about your journey, Nick, spreading the truth and, and these tactics, along with your lawsuit. want to get into that as soon as we get back. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. We're talking to Nick Caterano, 18-year cast member, took a stand against Disney over the mandates. So, Nick, tell me about this lawsuit that's, that, you're, that you filed, that you're a part of. Well, really, the, the discrimination aspect. When, when they, I, I think the best effort, or Governor DeSantis, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of legislators going along. It took about four to six months to actually get the special session up because of our, our leg other legislators. Um, and, and what the compromise was mainly because of the CMS and the hospital and all the money that goes into the hospitals. And they were thinking about jobs and, and what have you. 
Um, we stopped people getting fired for uh, the mandates, the vaccine mandates, but they kept the door open for uh, being able to discriminate against employees. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people lost their jobs uh, and never got them back. And the discrimination aspect, we, we, I, I think there was a, a, an underestimation of how far they would go. And what ended up happening is that people that didn't get vaccinated that were that had religious exemptions, um, many of them were treated really horribly. A lot of people lost their jobs as a result of it. Um, and some people were just taking their mask off to breathe outside and, and none of it made any sense. There was no data, no science behind it. Everybody out oh, there, Sean Foyt, Sean Foyt was uh, came and did a rally with us. That was a lot of fun. Um, and. And, and they people that were vaccinated all around us were getting COVID. Some of them were being hospitalized and getting very sick, but they were they were putting the star on us. They were treating us way different than everybody else. Um, and and I really, you know, I, I warn people, it's not the fact, it's not only the fact of the discrimination and putting the proverbial star on us in front of everybody, but what does that lead to? Once you normalize that, you know, you desensitize people to the differences of this. You demoralize people by making and forcing them to do it. And then you normalize it. And once that's normalized, there's the next step. Anybody, any real good student of history that have watched some of the greatest uh, failures in, in, in culture and society, this is the process in which they do it. So it was really important to me that we really fought against this um, this discrimination. And 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 we, we had students, we had nursing students that were even in the state of Florida. They were uh, going to nursing school. They spent all this time and money and they were getting ready for their finals. And then because of they had this national CMS nonsense, they would tie it in and loop it in with a hospital somewhere and they would deny them their final exams if they didn't get vaccinated. And then people were being discriminated against if they if they got the wrong vaccine. So they'd force them and get a one vaccine and then they'd still discriminate against them. I had nurses, friends of mine that were getting yelled at by their patients because they had to wear something that that showed that they were unvaccinated. So they were a threat to them and, and killing them. And we were like vectors of disease. So if, if we allow them to, to, to get away with that discrimination, it, it's it's a horror show. It's a slippery slope down the road. So our lawsuit is, is bringing that forward. And um I think we have a really good case. There's some really good things unfolding right now. Yeah, and uh, Disney has deep coffers to be able to pay up for all the damage that they've done. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, biggest employer in the state of Florida, you know, definitely one of the biggest corporations in the world. And uh, they have a big impact on how they treat their employees, but also how they treat their guests. I mean, all of those millions of tourists from all around the world who come and they try to force all the guests to wear masks, too. Uh, they have such a big impact. You don't even need the government to set mandates when all these major corporations do it themselves. Um, so maybe you can comment on that. And, and could you comment on how you've been activating pastors to stand up, that you really believe that the church is a big piece of the puzzle on how to stop this tyranny. Sure, sure, Sean. In in the beginning, I, you know, I gave everybody the pass. I, 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 you know, even in my open letter, I mentioned, you know, fear took hold of people, regardless of how we got there. I understood the fear, and and I also understood that Disney was in a tough position. If they didn't push uh, the mask in the beginning, if they if they didn't take certain stands, they were going to get attacked either way. I understood that part, so I, I was I wasn't being unreasonable 
and and unsympathetic to the challenges that businesses had when they were going through this. But there there came a point where all of that was unnecessary. And I'll use the the same idea with the parental rights and education bill that Governor DeSantis brilliantly passed here in the state of Florida that basically told teachers don't touch kids from th- from pre-K to third grade. And and when the, when the activists and the extreme people in Disney came after Disney and forced them to change their position, Disney could have simply been the adults in the room because they're leaders in industry, they're leaders in the world through media and everything else. They could have moved the needle and they could have just taken a stand with the mask, with this idea of, of uh, you know, grooming and, and, and sexualizing kids. Just say, you know, this is not what this is. And the data now shows differently and we're going to go a different direction with it. But instead of being a leader, instead of being bold, they, I, I'd, like, I'd like to even believe better that they would cave. But I don't think they caved. I, I think this is just all part of an agenda. You know, the further I go down the rabbit hole and I understand the processes and I connect all the dots. This is just what they wanted. And part of this normalization and demoralization uh, and desensitizing a society is just part of it. So it's really disappointing how it's all panned out. Um, and, and I'm really grateful. I'm seeing the needle move in a lot of ways, uh, but I really thought we'd be further down the road. Um, Sean, with the, with the pastures, as I, as I, kind of been trying to round people up and encourage people. I, I, I realized early on as, as a Christian, I said, it's, it's, where are all the pastors and all these things? You know, we've had some Steve Smotherman, Smotherson out of uh, uh, New Mexico. We've had John MacArthur taking a stand. There's been some great ones in Canada that have really risked everything. But you would, you would think that it would be the pastors who would really be taking the stand, right? They have a hold of eternal life. They understand the gospel. They believe in a living, sovereign God. And yet they've been relatively quiet. And again, I gave everybody a pass in the beginning because I understood people. It was not, it was novel. Nobody really understood. Um, we got, uh, as, as attorney Jeff Childers was recently discussing, uh, uh, I was talking with him yesterday uh, at the, at the convention. He said, everybody got sideswiped. We got sucker punched. We didn't know what was going on. We were just trying to get our feet from under, under us. But as the data and everything comes out and it's real clear, it takes a lot of willful ignorance at this point to not realize that things were really wrong. And a lot of things are, are being suppressed and narratives, false narratives are being put forth and people are getting hurt in these hospital protocols by these vaccines, by these lockdowns. I think all those things, pastors should be the ones leading the way. As I look at a lot of these freedom groups, I think a lot of people out there are doing great work. But who other that should be leading the way and taking advantage of this moment when people really need to understand the truth? We have the word of God. We have we have the truth. It is our call. Our weapons are our warfare, our mighty in God for bringing down the strongholds and anything that opposes itself above a knowledge of God. Ephesians 5.11 tells us to not have anything to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We're mandated to do this job and they can affect their congregations and we can begin to move the needle and we could do it in truth and in love and with soundness of mind. So I'm really calling for the pastors. I don't understand why more of them haven't stood up. I, I worked with a great organization. Um, I went to speak to some pastors in Houston, uh, Del- Dave Welch's organization. They got a, a great pastor group out there and I was really encouraged by that. But we need a lot more more pastors to stand up. Um, and, and, and I'd like to add one thing. I saw some data coming out about our school results here in the state of Florida for opening up. 
Um, that press, the DeSantis office released that press release this morning, and we've been proven right. You know, we fought against the narrative here in the state of Florida, and our governor has been incredibly brave and resourceful. And as he has, he shined the light to the rest of the world of how their failed policy. Our kids are a lot more advanced here than everybody else's kids as a result of it. And and why wouldn't the pastors be wanting to talk about that? And I, I don't under, you know, I came right. across something. And I'll say real quick. I I'm sorry, I'm Nick. Uh, we're really running out of time, but I have to okay, agree with sorry. you. that This sorry. has been a sort of a test for the pastors to see if they would stand up and, and stand up for the idea of having church when people try to stop you from having church and, and congregating together. But unfortunately, many of them didn't pass that test. Uh, but it's, it's helped us uh, separate uh, the leaders from the non-leaders. And, uh, and I agree, we were blindsided, but, uh, you know, there's different ways to react when you're blindsided. And just like the former NYPD senior citizen who was blindsided, he realized, wait a minute, I'm not dead. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pursue who did that to me. And that's what we need to do collectively. Thank you for coming on, Nick. Really appreciate your time. And next up, Chris Paul, host of the Be Reasonable podcast, will help us analyze the latest in the culture war as soon as we get back. I'm Clay Clark and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to the Grill Gun. I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Yes! So Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> fire plus grilling equals America. Chris Paul is the host of the Be Reasonable podcast. Chris, thanks so much for joining us, as you do every Monday. You posted on your info stream that globalists are basically prioritizing these wokeness, like PR stunts, uh, you know, over actual policy solutions. You showed two images of, of Liz Truss, you know, showing one image was basically saying, hey, look, there are no white people who are the indigenous people of the UK on her, you know, cabinet of leaders. So that was the win, the, the PR win for the globalists. And then the next image, of course, is that she's out of there. So, you know, these are really short-term solutions. Any comment on that, uh, Chris? The whole situation over there seems kind of ridiculous to me. I mean, if we remember the timeline, Liz Truss was appointed as the new prime minister by Queen Elizabeth two days before news reports came out that she had died. And a few weeks later now, we have apparently a new prime minister who will be appointed by the new king. And none of it seems terribly democratic. I thought we were concerned about protecting our democracies around the world. Apparently, that is not as big a priority when there is a, a monarchy above that democracy. Yeah, and it all seems so scripted, like the uh, the female uh, prime minister and now the uh, Indian, 
you know, the person who is replacing her, the person of color, is now is now the prime minister uh, pretty soon here. Let's take a look at uh, who they selected. At least they drop his name in the following clip. Returning officer in the leadership election, I can confirm uh, that we have received one valid nomination. Rishi Sunak is therefore elected as leader of the Conservative Party. Rishi Sunak is elected the leader of the Conservative Party. So interesting, you know, it's not a name that we heard much about. Uh, and you even had people on social media saying, calling for Boris uh, Johnson to come back. And then 30 minutes later saying, you know, I changed my mind. <laughs> I don't think Boris should come back. I think it should be this guy with this name, almost as if uh, someone put out the message to everyone. Hey, you know, we're getting behind this new person. Uh, so, you know, I just find it interesting along the same lines of thinking here that they they wanted to have that win of the publicity stunt, the PR stunt, uh, and they prioritized that over a long-term kind of win. Uh, now we've got this trans person invited to the White House. Let's take a look at a clip of that. It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States. Huh. You know that phrase, I fear I may have girl boss too close to the sun? Well, that's how I feel today, because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news, and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my... So that is the weirdo that uh, the president invited to the White House. Let's take a look at what Biden had to say to them in the next clip. This is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love it. Uh, where they don't teach you OGBYN about the health and safety relative to pregnancy. Support a federal fund for individuals like myself who need to take time off work, obtain child Absolutely. care. The answer is absolutely. But guess what? We need the same votes we need to overrule that, to uh, reinstate uh, the, uh, the decision that was struck down by the court. I mean, I do support that. And I've urged, publicly urged companies to do that. I've urged them publicly as president of the United States saying, this is what you should be doing. I don't teach you OGBYN about the health and safety relative to pregnancy. The biggest thing is, though, that we have to change what we are, those things that are, affect the environment. Because to the industrialized world has to not only clean up our act, but we've got to help these countries do what they need to do without further hurting the environment. And we have to pay them, in my view. We have to compensate them for what they're doing. So Joe Biden had a roundtable where he interrupted people of color and trans people to tell them, yes, I'm going to support everything that you want me to support. So, Chris, what I want to get your analysis on is this idea that right before the midterms, this is the stuff they think they're going to win with. I mean, th these these are the type of uh, stunts that they they're putting all of their, uh, you know, all their eggs in this basket. To me, it doesn't add up. I guess, I guess, I don't know. 
I mean, this is just, this is so embarrassing. This is one of the most embarrassing things that has ever happened to a leader of a nation, I think. I mean, two weeks before an election, and this is what they're talking about. This is an obvious attempt, I think, to demoralize American culture. Uh, you know, this person, the the main person who's been getting all the talks, I think the name is like Dylan Mulvaney. Like this guy's been pretending to be a woman for seven and a half months and he gets to go to the white house for that. This is a sham. And I mean, I'm not trying to, to be a jerk, right? I'm pretty libertarian about this stuff. I want adults to be able to decide how they want to live their lives. And I want them generally to be respected in their decisions and left alone. But the government doesn't need to support this. The government doesn't need to use taxpayer funds to support this. And we certainly don't need the president meeting with these people as a publicity stunt. You know, he talks about we need the same votes we need to uh, to codify uh, Roe. And that is kind of what he was getting at he, with his you know total inability to speak. But uh, I, I guess that that's the strategy. You have to vote for us or else you hate everybody. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, we had a clip. It was a 10 minute clip of the trans person who is a social media sensation. And they have these kind of heartfelt uh, pleas for you to vote Democrat or else they won't be able to get the child uh, or the health care that they want uh, for for this man to someday be a mommy, uh, as she said. Uh, but what's interesting to me, Chris, is that this is actually an issue that the conservatives will win on. Let's take a look at the next yeah. clip of Matt Walsh with his protest to stop child mutilation. These people here, they don't want you to hear what we have to say because they're cowards. They can't engage in the argument. All they could try to do is shut us down and silence us, but it's not going to work. We're still here. We're not going anywhere. We're still here. So what is the cause that we are here for? It's very simple. We are here to fulfill one of our most fundamental obligations as Americans, as adults, as human beings, and that is to protect our children. That is why we're here. There were many other clips that I wanted to show, but I couldn't because they were too filled with profanity from the uh, Antifa and radical protesters who were just so disgusting that I, I couldn't show it on TV, Chris, but uh, there are just so many weird people who are just convinced that uh, kids should be able to stop their own puberty and to be able to chop off parts of their body. Uh, so this is an issue that I believe is just most Americans uh, don't agree with the radical left on this. I want to get your thoughts again on that. I think you're definitely right that most Americans don't agree. It's funny that so many liberals not that long ago were extremely concerned about uh, female genital mutilation in uh, Muslim countries. And now we are promoting the genital mutilation of both little boys and little girls. And that's what this is. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Having teachers talk to children about this and encourage them to do it. And we know that there are all sorts of social incentives for the teachers and the people who discuss these issues 
They are incentivized socially, whether it's on Twitter or in their social circles. They seem like good people. This is how liberals carve out space for themselves as good people without doing anything. They basically port, you know, they they promote these images, imagining themselves to be the most tolerant people, the most educated and informed people. They want what's best for everyone. And they will just go along with absolutely anything. This whole thing is honestly sickening. And it's not about the behavior. Again, people should make the choices they want to make, but you can't force those choices on children. These people, these children aren't allowed to smoke until they're 18. And we're going to let them decide with their kindergarten teacher that they need to get parts of their body chopped off, that they need to go on hormones that are going to make it so they can never have children themselves. It's a deep, deep sickness. Yeah, and that contradiction between uh, compassionate progressives and their inability to have that empathy and compassion for kids is going to wake up a lot of centrists for sure. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about some of these other backfiring of uh, when the Dominion CEO goes on 60 Minutes and when, when Biden does a roundtable, when the CDC director gets COVID, all of these things just backfire. So we're going to talk about that as soon as we get back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get my original My Slippers. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code, and you'll get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off and the biggest savings ever. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Not only that, they come with an indoor-outdoor sole so you can wear them anytime, anywhere. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. And now you can get them for the best savings ever, only $49.98. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off. We have extremely low quantities, and once they're gone, they're gone. So order now. Hey friends, Dr. Michelle and I are not celebrity doctors. You probably won't see us interviewed by Oprah, but we see wonderful results in the lives of our patients every single day. We see results. While most medical practices are focused on managing your symptoms, we help you find the root cause and find healing with proven and natural solutions. Will you take 12 seconds and go to Sherwood.tv and join our free newsletter? We'll keep you up to date on new interviews and practical tips for hope and health. Visit Sherwood.tv and subscribe. We're talking to Chris Paul of the Be Reasonable podcast. Well, Biden said that his student loan forgiveness program was voted on in Congress when it actually wasn't. Let's take a look. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10,000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. <laughs> well, Chris, I mean, what's your response to that? He has absolutely no idea what's going on. And the truth is that most of the Democrats 
in Congress probably have no idea what's going on either. Their votes are whipped. They're not even there most of the time. They're proxy voting on things. And no one is reading these bills. These bills are just put together by interest groups and they figure out who needs new money and they figure out ways to spread the money around. The whole process has become clearly illegitimate. Joe Biden is a fake president. I mean, I I don't know how else to describe it. What we're seeing at this point is shocking. And some of that is to be expected. As you mentioned, all of these stories are backfiring. They're coming around on them and they're all happening at the same time. It seems to me that there is a structure to it. And we're going to hear more apparently from Merrick Garland today. He has a big announcement about a uh, non-state actor compromising American systems and infrastructure in some way. Are they going to try another Russia is hacking our election effort? Maybe. We're seeing a complete and total meltdown. I I don't know where it's going to stop, but these last two weeks are going to be something like we've never seen before. Yeah, it reminds me of what Steve Bannon said, like, hey, you're trying to put me in jail. I'm going to appeal it, but you're going to get impeached. (laughs) Watch out, Merrick Garland. Like the stakes are high for both sides here, Mm -hmm. Uh, possibly uh, much higher for for people who think they're in power temporarily. Well, in 60 minutes, they did an interview with the CEO of Dominion. And that was interesting, I think, for them to try to put out that type of getting ahead of a story type of thing right now. Let's take a look. Were you associated with the late Hugo Chavez? Absolutely not. Do you use a Venezuelan company software that's been used to steal election out of the countries? Absolutely not. Anderson, I can, I can cut all of this short. Uh, we, we were founded in Toronto, which is where my family was from, and, and there was nothing to do with Venezuela. Can you flip votes in the computer system? Can you add votes that did not exist? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, he can say absolutely not all he wants when he's not under oath. But the reality is that his technologist, Eric Coomer, showed people in a live demonstration that they could do just that. So, Chris, you know, why are they even trying to put these people on TV like this? Well, it's funny because John Poulos actually has said all of that under oath, and he did so in a hearing in Michigan in the middle of December of 2020. So he actually already has told all of these lies under oath. So there's no risk whatsoever for him to tell these lies to Anderson Cooper. The unfortunate thing about this clip is that if it was not Anderson Cooper and it was a real journalist and not an intelligence asset asking those questions, somebody could have actually pursued uh, his answers that are all evasive and are all Uh, misleading intentionally. It's not an issue of where Dominion was based or whether Dominion as a company started up without the influence of Venezuelan vote-stealing technology. It's whether they've come together at some point, you know? So he's answering the questions that are being asked and the questions are being asked to allow these answers. This is choreographed. It's not a real interview. And John Poulos, he's going to pay the piper at some point. He can say these things to the American television audience. And the mainstream media is making an effort to convince everybody that the elections are very safe and very secure, probably so they can go and tell people 
that all of a sudden the election was stolen and no one could have ever seen it coming. It's wild. Right. It would have been nice to have a real follow up question like, well, what about Smartmatic? You know, where were they based you know, instead of instead of just avoiding uh, the truth of the, that matter? Well, the CDC director uh, who has been encouraging people to get another shot and another shot and another shot, she just tested positive for covid. And to me, I think that just looks so bad. And I just see so many people like uh, Joe Biden and uh, these owners and CEOs of these big pharma companies coming out with COVID. And I just think to myself, who is behind these announcements? Like, even if they had COVID, did they really have to go out and announce it to the whole world? It doesn't look good. So any analysis on that? It's confusing. I think that you're making the right point. Also, why is she getting tested? You know, what is going on here? And the funny thing is, they are now, people on Twitter who are big fans of COVID are upset at Rochelle Walensky for not advising masking and other things when she announced that she had COVID. They were like, well, you guys have a policy of no masking. Maybe if you were wearing a mask, you wouldn't have gotten COVID. These people still have not learned anything. And it's incredible. A few weeks ago, before I got back on Twitter, I thought that all of the the Blue Anon people, like the blue check journalists who were putting all these stories out, were all kind of in on it. They knew and they were just incentivized to lie. And I believe that to some extent that's still true. But they also just don't know anything because they have spent the last two and a half years in that informational bubble not hearing anything true. They don't know anything. To a certain extent, a certain percentage of them have drunk the Kool-Aid and they actually believe these lies. Let's take a look at the next clip of Katy Perry having what seems like an adverse, uh, you know, event, vaccine event. I don't know. It looks just like what happened to uh, to to other celebrities who have taken the vaccine. Let's take a look. I don't know if that was uh, like a malfunction of a clone because, but that did look exactly like what happened to Justin Bieber uh, when he announced that he had an issue and couldn't go on tour. Uh, You know, is this a glitch in the matrix here that we're witnessing? I I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't believe how much I'm saying. I don't know today. Uh, I mean, maybe she thought it was cute. Maybe she's acting like a robot. I mean, the the vaccine side effect I'm most concerned about right now is John Fetterman. I mean, how did all that happen? And why isn't the conversation about whether or not he is a vaccine side effect happening? Right. Yeah, no, good point. You know, uh, they're they're trying to hide him. It just reminds me of uh, Joe Biden running for office where you just try to keep him from speaking in public as much as possible so he doesn't embarrass himself. Um, Well, Interesting video came out uh, of the uh, of the communist committee, you know, the meeting that they do once a year and they're going to extend uh, the leadership of Xi Jinping. And they ousted uh, the former prime minister uh, right right before everyone like in Chinese culture, you know, to to embarrass someone like that it is just it's akin to, to murder. So very interesting. This is happening for everyone to see. Let's take a look. 
Overnight in China, President Xi Jinping began a historic third term after ending the two-term limit for president several years ago. Xi consolidating his control of China after a week-long meeting of the Communist Party. There was a remarkable scene on Saturday when Xi's predecessor, Hu Jintao, was abruptly ushered out of the room, appearing to resist before he was led away. The official Chinese news agency reports who was in ill health, though many doubt that explanation. That reminds me of all those Soviet competitors who fell into bad health with Stalin by their side. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, Chris, but I appreciate you coming on. Make sure you check out Chris's podcast and Substack. Well, thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com, America's patriot-only network. Make sure you go to AmpNews.us and sign up for our free newsletter to stay informed, empowered, and connected. Sign up for our premium portal to get the latest intel from John Michael Chambers and soon live events with show AMP show hosts like myself. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.